welcome to Pilates Teacher's Manual, your guide to becoming a great Pilates teacher. I'm Olivia, and I'll be your host. Join the conversation and the Pilates community on Instagram at Pilates Teacher's Manual, and visit buymeacoffee.com slash Olivia Podcasts to support the show. Today's chapter starts now. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pilates Teacher's Manual. Got an exciting episode for you today. The question actually came from a listener in Australia who was asking about how do you get feedback from your students about your classes? And that's a really great question. When you're an apprentice or when you're in a teacher training program, you are being inundated with feedback. You are getting feedback from the other people in teacher training. You're getting feedback from your master trainer or whoever's leading the training. You're getting feedback from students as part of the adventure. When I was in teacher training, we actually had students fill out forms at the end of a class taught by an apprentice. So you would get, you know, 10 responses of all of the things that they liked and also measuring different things. So you're getting tons of feedback when you're learning how to teach. But once you start teaching, you may not be getting as much feedback. And especially for new teachers, it is important to kind of gauge where you are, how you're doing, and how do you get that feedback without, you know, sounding needy. You don't want to be asking students, you know, at the end of every class, you know, did you like the class? Like that's not also very useful feedback in terms of shaping you as a teacher. So once you are teaching, once you have a regular teaching schedule, how do you get feedback? What types of feedback are there? And does feedback matter? That's what we're going to be talking about today. The three types of feedback that I'm interested in discussing with you in this episode are feedback that you might receive about your teaching style. So things about your energy, your personality, the way you carry yourself, maybe the way you interact with students calling that teaching style, the clarity of communication in that did students understand what you wanted them to do? Were you able to teach a class that whether or not they got everything perfect, they understood what you wanted and then were able to try that? And then also talking about feedback about the challenge level of your class Was the class engaging? Was it difficult but doable? Did you offer modifications? Did you offer variations? Did you teach to the bodies in front of you? I think that's also an important thing to be getting feedback about. Feedback can come in a lot of different ways. And regardless of whether or not you're asking students for feedback, you have been getting feedback from your students already. Students may offer that feedback verbally in written form or in their like physicality. You may get verbal feedback from students after class. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. You can ask your students for verbal feedback and that in itself is not bad. I feel like when I said needy, it had a negative connotation. Asking for feedback is not bad, but asking for feedback in a way that it puts your student in a position that they have to make you feel good is not great. So you could ask about your class, but I like to be specific about what I want feedback on. 
So I might ask students, what did you think of that new plank series? Or how are your arms feeling after we did pulling straps or something like that? Where you're asking them for a very particular piece of feedback, not was the class good? Because general questions lead to really general feedback and you can't really do a lot with that. I mean, it's good to know if you're like in the right direction, but it's not really precise. You may also hear students talking with other students either before or after class about the class. That's a good thing to kind of listen in on. Or you might hear them talking with staff or you might hear them just chatting or chatting with you. There's lots of ways to get verbal feedback. Written feedback sounds serious, but it might come in the form of if you have like a lead teacher at your studio or maybe the studio owner coming in periodically and giving you a review of a class that you taught, that can be super useful. Also, if your studio, whether it's Mind Body or I teach at Club Pilates, we have the Club Pilates app. Students may also be reviewing your classes. The review that you get is kind of important from students because if they took time to write it, they obviously felt strongly about it one way or another. And so you may ask your studio owner or your lead instructor for feedback there. And then the feedback that you've definitely been getting, even if you have never had your teaching reviewed by another teacher or students have never said anything to you about your class, you are getting physical feedback from them all the time in their body language and whether or not they're coming to your class. So if you have students in your class and they come back to your class again, that is a good sign. It means that they liked your class. You don't know specifically what they liked, but something they did like and they're coming back for it. What faces are students making during class? There are some face journeys that happen during Pilates, which is like quite fun. When I do Pilates, I also go on face journeys. Good body language to look for are things like smiles and maybe that look of, oh my gosh, you want us to do what? And then like a little bit of pride when they nail it or they surprise themselves about what they just did. Like that's excellent body language. At the end of class, are they smiling or do they look defeated? Looking defeated isn't necessarily bad feedback, but just like how are they reacting to your class? How are they reacting to the exercises you're teaching? This is a really good way to know if you're teaching to an appropriate or challenging level is do you see them really struggling and then feeling down if they aren't getting it? Or, you know, especially if you're offering progressions, I talked a lot about progressions in uh, season two, are they, you know, looking confident, looking proud, looking happy at the end of class? Those are all really good signs. Another thing to look for in terms of the same people coming back to your class over and over again, are they improving? Like, are they growing? And you can't take 100% credit because you don't know what else they do in their lives, but If you've introduced exercises and you've built on those exercises maybe over a few days or over a few weeks, do you see connections being made? Do you see them growing maybe in strength, maybe in flexibility, maybe in balance? Like all of these little factors of Pilates, do you see them improving in those areas? Even if they don't see it for themselves, do you see it? That's another way to get that feedback as well. Some clients give better feedback than others. That is a fact. You can ask questions or have conversations with students who give awesome feedback. That's a really great way to get kind of a snapshot of your teaching by having a conversation with a client. 
other teachers give really great feedback because they've been in your shoes, they've done what you're doing, and they can often give you some tips or some suggestions based on, you know, what they've learned, what they do in their classes, especially if you can really have a chat with them later on, because then you can ask questions that you may not ask your clients because, you know, it is a business like a professional relationship. So you can really talk with a teacher and be like, was it weird that I did this? Like, obviously, you don't say to a client, was it weird when I did this? You're like, everything's amazing when you're talking to clients. But you can talk to teachers like, did it make sense when I did this? Or was that too hard? Was that too strange? Like, I don't know. But you can have a little bit more of a candid conversation with a teacher after class. If you're really interested in getting feedback about your teaching, there are workshops and continuing education classes that are specifically designed to help you become a better teacher. Right now, I'm enrolled in a course through Integrated Teaching System called What You Say Matters. And part of the course is recording myself teaching, doing a self-evaluation, and then sharing it with Chelsea Corley, who's leading this course. And she is giving me feedback based on you know what I'm sharing. So that's another way in like a little bit more of a professional setting that if you're really interested in honing your teaching skills or getting an outside perspective into your teaching, there are workshops, there are classes that you can take for that as well. Coming up after the break, I'm going to talk about if feedback matters, why feedback matters, and how it can matter to you. That's coming up next. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying today's chapter so far. There's great stuff coming up after the break, too. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and visit buymeacoffee.com slash oliviapodcasts to support the show. There you can make a one-time donation or become a member for as little as $5 a month. Membership comes with some awesome perks, including a shout-out in the next episode, a monthly newsletter, a monthly Zoom call with me, and more. You can also visit links.oliviabioni.com slash affiliates to check out some sweet deals on products I use and love. Now back to the show. The question of the hour, the question of the 20 minutes, does feedback matter? Yes and no. In a lot of ways, feedback is very important. Clients are quite literally buying a service from you. They are giving the studio or they're giving you, if you're working independently, money for your service. And if they don't like your service, they are not going to continue buying it. They will find another service to purchase. In that regard, on your bottom line, it is important that you listen to clients' feedback, that you adapt to clients' feedback so that they are interested in continuing to work with you. It's also important to get outside perspective on your teaching. I don't know about you when you're teaching, but I'm very much in my head sometimes, and I can get caught up on a new piece of choreography or a transition or something, and I'm so in my head that I'm not even sure how it's coming across necessarily. So getting that outside perspective as someone who isn't inside my head and, you know, maybe I didn't communicate as clearly as I thought I was communicating, 
any of those things can happen. It's really nice to get that outside perspective. Listening to feedback is also an opportunity to grow as a teacher and to improve as a teacher because you'll be able to meet your clients' needs and their expectations better when you listen to what they have to say. You can always improve as a teacher. Also, feedback over time really shows trends in your teaching. Maybe you get a consistent piece of feedback over and over again. Maybe that, you know, it's difficult to understand what you're saying or you're speaking too quickly. That's really important because that's affecting the efficacy of your teaching. If people can't understand what you're saying, then even if you're giving the best cues in the world, it doesn't matter if they can't hear you. When you're getting that piece of feedback multiple times from different people, because you might just have one person who thinks that you speak too quickly, and you might take that under advisement, but if you're having multiple people telling you the same thing, that might be a sign that it's time to change. At the same time, no, feedback doesn't always matter because not all feedback is created equal. If someone is having a terrible day and they come and take your class and then they say, I hated this class, okay, I'm not gonna lose sleep over that. Like, it sounds like you've got other stuff going on in your life and I'm not gonna take that personally. And by the same token, if there's someone who's really lovely and positive and loves doing Pilates and takes your class and is like, oh my gosh, Olivia, that was amazing. Again, I'm glad that you had a great experience. Don't know if it was all about me because you just love Pilates, you know? You can't make everyone happy. And so when you're getting feedback like, I didn't like it, okay, well, you're not going to be everyone's favorite teacher. You don't have to necessarily completely change everything you're doing because someone says, I didn't like it. And I think that that's really important that you are confident in your teaching so that you don't completely pendulum back and forth. Like you don't need to change your teaching style radically every single time you teach a class because one person said it was too hard and then you make it really easy and then someone says it's too easy. Like you can't just keep changing that. You need to some degree stay confident and stay clear about who you are and what you are about as a teacher and then take feedback with a grain of salt. But going back to that idea of consistent feedback especially, and also like really strong feedback is, a, is another one to pay attention to. If you're getting that feedback that say your class is too easy, you should incorporate that feedback and change the way you teach a little bit. Maybe it just means you offer some more variations, like it could be a very simple thing. Especially if you're getting that feedback again from multiple sources over a period of time. Really important when you're listening to feedback as well to not take it personally. Even if it's a negative piece of feedback that is not constructive, you know, I didn't like it. That was a bad class. Oh, it's making me sad. Because I'd be taking it personally. I'd be identifying with it. So you need to not take it personally. You need to acknowledge that that's the person's opinion. Then check it rationally. Like, do they have some grounds in what they're saying? And the answer might be no, in which case you don't have to pay attention to it. But if you get defensive, if you lock down and don't accept any feedback, you're really missing an opportunity to grow and become a better teacher, which is, I mean, that's why you're listening to this podcast, because you want to be an amazing teacher. And listening to feedback is part of that. I like to think about feedback that I receive, whether it's positive, I loved your class feedback, or negative, why weren't we on the reformer more feedback. 
I try to take all of that as the person who is telling that to me, especially if they're telling it to you directly, they want me to be a better teacher. They want to come back to my class and this is something that would help them come back to my class or encourage them to come back to my class. So if you look at it that way and you're really open to hearing that, that will also encourage more people to share feedback, not to the point where they're just beating you down feedback, but that person and then anyone they talk to knows that like, hey, I talked with Olivia because I thought the class was like really difficult on my knee, like my knee wasn't feeling good. And she gave me some options. And the next time I was in class, you know, there was like more consideration about knees or something. Like, that's great. That shows that you are adapting, that you are really teaching the body in front of you. So yes, be confident, be yourself, be you, the teacher, to the best of your ability, but also know that you can always improve and that feedback is not an attack, even if it sounds negative. It's not about you personally, it's about your teaching, and that's something that you can change and that's something that you can grow. In terms of how can you get more feedback, I do think that having those conversations with clients can be useful as long as you're asking useful questions of them. If you're paying attention to your student's body language, if you are offering modifications and progressions, if they're coming back to your classes, like those are all good things. You're doing all the good things. I would also say if your studio has a lead instructor, you can ask them to come in or not even a lead instructor, just other teachers. You can ask them to come in and take your class and maybe even tell them beforehand, like, you know, I'd love to go out for coffee afterwards. I'd love to have a little chat with you afterwards about my class. You know, can you pay attention to my teaching as much as, you know, doing the class? All of the teachers that I know are more than willing to have that conversation because we are a team, right? When you're all working together at a studio, you are a team and we want to see everyone succeed. So if you have questions or you are uncertain, like reach out to your teachers, to your studio owners, to your general managers, ask them to take class and then ask them to give you some feedback. Like that's fine. If it's something that you're really interested in, in terms of like your teaching pedagogy, those workshops are awesome as well. I hope that helps you think about feedback in a new way. I hope that that answered your question, Kate. One more thing I'd like to add before I go. This happened after I recorded the episode, so I'm recording this as a bit of a postscript. And that is I got my first donation on Buy Me a Coffee, which is literally the most exciting thing ever. It means so much to me that the work I'm doing The podcast that I'm creating is resonating with teachers and students across the country and across the world. It means so much that you would donate to my Buy Me a Coffee page. Anything you decide to give really goes right back into the podcast. It is just me and my partner behind the scenes, editing the episodes, managing the social media accounts, running the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, and the Instagram It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. And I really appreciate you thinking of me and thanking me by visiting my Buy Me A Coffee page. So thanks so much. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to this week's chapter of Pilates Teacher's Manual, your guide to becoming a great Pilates teacher. 
check out the podcast Instagram at Pilates Teachers Manual and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. For more Pilates goodness, check out my other podcast, Pilates Students Manual, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. The adventure continues. Until next time.